Mic check 717. This is Eric T. Jones, a.k.a. Brother Jones, and I just need five minutes of your time. Welcome to session two of Q&A with Brother Jones. Today I planned on answering three questions, but I only had time for two questions. People that know me know I'm long-winded, but I'd rather treat your questions with care and love than rush through them. So maybe answering two questions is a good thing. We'll see as I go along. Okay, so the first question I received is, what are your thoughts on black trans women and their struggles? I believe we need to do a better job of highlighting the struggles black trans women face because their identities lie at the intersection of race, sex, gender identity, and sometimes sexuality. It's critical to highlight this intersection because they endure a triplet of oppression. Given that our society does not value blackness, women, or transgender people. For example, during the summer of 2020, in addition to George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, there were six black trans women found dead within a span of nine days. Brayla Stone, Mercy Mack, Shaquille Peters, Drea McCary, Tatiana Hall, and Bree Black. Can we honestly say most of us know who these women are? The violence against the transgender community gets worse year by year, as 2021 was reportedly the deadliest year for transgender people on record. The National LGBTQ Task Force did a study on the black trans community and reported the following. Number one, black trans people have a 26% unemployment rate, which is two times the rate for all transgender people. Number two, 34% of black trans people have household incomes of less than $10,000, which is more than eight times the general population. Number three, 41% of black trans people have been homeless, which is more than five times the general population. And number four, close to half of black trans people have attempted suicide. Now, this study didn't look specifically at black trans women, but it hints at the gravity of their situation. Therefore, When we proclaim Black Lives Matter, it's imperative for us to interrogate which Black lives are given preference. Because there's a reason why people felt the need to declare Black Trans Lives Matter. The second question I received is, how do you foster Black and Brown solidarity? How do you educate and make non-black people of color aware of the ways in which they participate in anti-black racism. I want to put out a disclaimer before I answer this question. I'm aware that many examples of solidarity exist between black and brown people, but that doesn't mean we don't have room for improvement. If black and brown people are to cultivate solidarity that is sustainable and not seasonal, the brown community must address the colorism within our own locales. 
Clinical psychologist Nayeli Chavez Duenas states that in Latin America, the way that we were socialized is to prefer and consider people that are lighter skin to be more beautiful, which has implications socially, politically, and economically. One implication of that socialization in the United States is Latinos' preference for a white racial identity. The Pew Research Center conducted a survey last year that asked Latinos about their preferred racial identity. The survey participants were prompted to answer the question, what is your race or origin, and select one of five options. A, white, B, black or African-American, C, Asian or Asian-American, D, two or more races, or F, some other race. The study found that of all Latinos surveyed, 58% said they were white, 27% said they were some other race, 8% said they were two or more races, and 2% said they were black. However, when the data was disaggregated, 56% of foreign-born Latinos said they were white compared to 60% of U.S.-born Latinos, indicating Latinos' preference for a white racial identity is stronger when they are U.S.-born. Although this is one study, when we think of colorism in Latin America and how it's imported into the U.S., I believe this preference for whiteness inhibits solidarity between black and brown people. I get it. There are socioeconomic benefits that comes with being white, if you have that option. Nevertheless, when brown people claim whiteness, they may not realize, or maybe they do realize, that an affiliation with whiteness is an indictment against blackness. Let me explain. Afro-Latina researcher Jasmine Haywood, who studies anti-black racism among Latinos, co-authored a paper that argued the murders of Trayvon Martin and Philando Castile by Latino men were examples of violent white supremacy being deployed through white passing U.S. Latinx bodies. These are extreme cases. But the question the brown community must ask is, how is anti-blackness deployed through white passing U.S. Latinx bodies? Socially, politically, and economically. That's the essential question. Because their affiliation with whiteness has limitations. If liberation for all brown people is the goal, it starts with ridding oneself of colorism and anti-black practices. Okay, my five minutes been up. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Leave a rating, five stars please. Submit a glowing review. 
and follow me on Instagram at Take5WithBrotherJones. Lastly, DM and email your questions so I can add them to the queue. I left the link to my Instagram account and my email address in the episode description. Stay educated and make sure you keep your head on the swivel.